0: A basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I How can mean, you ever find out what he could really do? I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. The Keeping the Nostalgia Live show is sponsored by The Dunk Collection. The Dunk Collection connects sports-minded individuals to basketball-inspired home products Meticulously designed to help combat life's most mundane chores. Dirty clothes on the floor? Put a dirty dunk on the door. The dirty dunk is the original over-the-door basketball hoop laundry hamper designed to make laundry a slam dunk. Do you have a messy office? Try a document dunk. The original trash can basketball stand designed for those who compete in the corporate arena. You're just one shot away from turning your cubicle into the corner office you deserve. Bathtime blues? Make bath time fun with the Scrub-A-Dunk, the original basketball hoop for baby ballers. Attached to the tub and Scrub-A-Dub-Dub. The Dunk Collection, making boring chores a slam dunk. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Um, You can go to keepingthenostalgiaalive.podbean.com. And you can listen to one of over 100, and I think we're at 135 interviews now, of uh, Indiana basketball legends. Those who played the game, coached the games, officiated the games, or even were associated with the, the game of basketball in Indiana. Um so keeping the nostalgia alive go there. you can download and listen at your uh, at your convenience uh, and uh, and please enjoy. And also, you can check out all of our Facebook pages shoot. It would take me an hour to tell you all the Facebook pages we have, but specifically Indiana basketball memories, Hoosier hysteria, Hoosier, and, of course, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show, all of those on Facebook. Go ahead and go on over there and uh, like us and uh, look at all of our material and, and enjoy. It's a passion of mine. Um, today with us is, a, in, in my opinion and in a lot of others' opinion, a, a high school basketball coaching legend. He has well over 400 victories uh, within uh, high school basketball and also is the state championship coach. Coach of the 1973 New, New Albany Bulldogs, uh, Coach Kirby Kirby Overman is with us today. Coach Overman, thank you so much for spending some time, taking some, some time out of your schedule to uh, help share your memories and to help keep the nostalgia alive.
1: Well, I appreciate you having having me on, Billy. It's uh, programs such as yours that uh, is really uh, makes Indiana basketball what it is. Uh, the places that I've been. Uh, not everybody does these kinds of things in their state, and but this is a, something that really makes it special, I think,
0: in Indiana. Um, tell us a little bit. What was? Do you remember your first, your initial introduction to the game of basketball? And was basketball your favorite sport? Well, it's always been my favorite sport.
1: Uh, in uh, again being raised in Indiana, <clears throat> a little town of Carthage, Indiana. Um, we didn't do much else, uh, a little baseball maybe in the, in the summer. But for the most part, uh, the small schools and uh, didn't have football and some of the other sports. But uh, in, in elementary school, uh, there were programs at that time. Uh, the school uh, had someone who was a coach in elementary. And so you, you got an early uh, introduction to the sport and, uh, and it gave you fundamental a base you know to understand the game and know more about it and your skills to be uh, improved and honed I guess but uh, uh, the elementary years was when I first uh, was introduced to it and that's uh that's when I built, I built up the interest.
0: And, and were you a student of the game at a really young age? What was what was happening in the state of Indiana with high school basketball at that time, just before you entered Carthage High School?
1: Well, I think uh, early on I was. Uh, we had moved around a little bit. I was at uh, another school, Morristown, Indiana, uh, which was just uh, eight or ten miles away. Uh, that's where I really was playing basketball uh, in the junior high years and uh before that i had actually lived in texas for a year and uh we were up around lafayette indiana for a couple years and again there was introductions at that time uh, in that lafayette area uh to elementary programs so i I was getting some exposure then uh and it's something that i just uh, i developed a a keen interest for it um for me, once I got, particularly when I got to the high school level, uh, just uh, uh, in the summertime, going to go play basketball at a, at a park someplace, uh, I would my hands would get sweaty just thinking about uh, traveling over there and getting into a game. Uh, I just I loved the game so much that
0: it became really um, a great passion just to play. What kind of history or what did you think you were getting yourself involved with at Carthage? What Did they have a tradition in basketball? Were they very good before you uh, got there in high school?
1: Well, uh, I think it was like a lot of schools, uh, the small schools uh, didn't seem to uh, get to beat the county seat. Rushville was our county seat, and uh, they dominated the sectional uh, year after year. Uh, so, no, Carthage was not necessarily a powerhouse at all. Uh, and, and quite honestly, I was not a I was not a great player. I was a, an average player. Uh, uh, had an association with a lot of other guys though that went on to uh, to play. I remember, for instance, at Morristown when I was there in junior high. Uh, another uh, teammate of mine was Jerry Bass, and uh, Jerry ended up uh, uh, being on the Indiana All Stars. Uh, he ended up uh, playing at Indiana University. Uh, and his cousin Gary Long, uh, all, both of these guys were friends of mine. So I had an association with them. We would play during the summer and so forth. Uh, and I think that's, that was another thing that, not that I was as good as they were, but I competed with them, and uh, I think that helped me be a better player, and uh, certainly I certainly appreciated the game. Uh, but, what ca- Carthage, was, Car- Carthage was not a powerhouse. But as all the small schools were, there was a great rivalry between our school and uh, Arlington and Rushville and Morristown and Manila and all these other small schools.
0: You know, totally unrelated, but is Morristown, don't they have a place there that serves really good fried chicken? Uh, Yes.
1: Um, (laughs) I'm trying to remember there, the uh, <laughs> Copper Kettle may be the place you're thinking of.
0: Yes, I am. Yes, I am. It, it,
1: it's it's a great restaurant. Uh, uh, yes, it's quite a reputation.
0: <laughs> I used to get those confused. There was another one in Indianapolis called the Iron Skillet. I don't think they're related, but just both of yes. those places had great fried chicken. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're uh, so, so what kind of ball player was uh, uh, Coach Overman in high school?
1: Uh, I I was an average player. uh, As uh, as a sophomore, for instance, I was listed on the varsity, but I played primarily at the JV level. Um, I I can remember um, having a game. I can't remember which year it was. uh, As you know, the rules at that time, I suppose, are still the same in Indiana. Uh, You could play four quarters uh, on a night, no more than four, uh, but you could play like two on the varsity and two on the JV. Uh, of course, in those days, the JV and the varsity played, you know, back-to-back in the evenings at the same time. So I, I can remember playing again. It was against Morristown, as a matter of fact, and I scored a bunch of points in the JV game, and then I went to the varsity game for the second half, and I, I think I played maybe uh, one quarter maybe. So I was not a again I was not a great player. Uh, my particular thing that I uh, uh, had appreciation for uh, a person that could make good passes. Uh, I can remember uh, my teammates. I uh, had a, one of my teammates was a, uh, a young guy by the name of Bill Parrish. Uh, he was our post guy, and he was six three, probably six six two or six three. And, Anyway, I can remember one night he had twenty some points, and uh, because of I had ten assists because I was good at feeding the post and passing to him, and so I like to take uh, some credit, you know, for those who played around me that uh, I did uh, take great pride in, in being a good a good passer. Uh, same was true with defense. Uh, I think I, I took great pride in being in, in good condition. I ran cross country, and uh, that I think was get got you ready for the basketball season but anyway i was uh, fairly good at defense but when it came to shooting i i wouldn't take a lot of shots uh i just didn't um i don't know i i wasn't a bad shooter i don't think but i was not really offensive minded either but uh, there was plenty of guys around me that got all the shots and uh, that was fine with me uh, i wanted,
0: wanted to be a good team player what was the atmosphere like, and, and what did your guys' gymnasium hold in high school?
1: Uh, Carthage was... Uh, boy, what did we... Uh, they, we had kind of temporary seats on one side and uh, more permanent on the other side, and nothing but the ends of the gym, so it was not a... You know, it was like a lot of small, small gyms and, around the area. Uh, I don't know, did we have... 800 uh, I don't know might have been um, it, it wasn't a bad gym it just wasn't very
0: large w- were there favorite places that you liked to uh, go and play when you guys would travel on the road well
1: uh, as far as as far as during the season uh, I think you just you, you love going to uh, any of those again where you had the rivalry um, and again I, I I think we've uh, I've mentioned Arlington for instance was not or six miles away, and uh, they had a, a very good program at that time. A good coach, but they had some really good, uh, good just good players. Um, Lawrence Parks was, uh, I thought, an outstanding player, and I think he uh, uh, had recognition. Uh, I know he he played. Um, I think it was Morehead. I think it, it was in Kentucky. I know he, he got a scholarship and. Went away and played four years of college ball, but during the summers you would see Lawrence, uh, uh, particularly uh, when we got out of out of high school and out into the, in the college level, he would be playing on a lot of summer league programs all over the state, and was just a, just an outstanding player, uh, not a great scorer necessarily, but just a really good player. and uh, Guys like that, I think, uh, uh, deserved a lot of recognition. But in those days, uh, that was that was. We would go during the summer. We would go to uh, places to play uh, practically every day. Uh, but I can remember Newcastle was my probably my favorite place as far as summer ball was concerned. On a Sunday, uh, you'd try to get your maybe right after you got out of church or something. Well, you would uh, uh, go home and eat real quick, and uh, then you would try to get there. It was maybe a. 2530 minute drive for me and I would get there because you got to get there early if you wanted to get on a good team because there was two courts at that time and uh, the good teams played on one court and uh, as long as you could win you'd stay on the court and I can remember you know trying to get there and be one of the first guys to play uh, there I would I would do that we would go to places uh, like in Shelbyville Indiana we called Graham's Court uh, it was a, a nice home, a good family, and they uh, had had a, a, one or two boys, I think, that played some ball, and they had a court there. It was really nice, and uh, that's where I would meet with Jerry Bass, Gary Long, and guys like that. We'd play during the summer, so there was just courts like that around, and you, you would try to go to those places to you know to play these pickup games. Quite honestly, I think that's how that's how I at least got better as a player and uh because the competition was very good as far as playing during the during the season uh you belong to a conference and some of those teams in the conference you look forward to that um knightstown was just four miles away and i can uh, i can recall going over there and playing on their outdoor course during the summer also but uh, their gym was uh uh, a, a small gym of course we've seen that in the movie Hoosiers uh, I can remember playing in that uh, in that gym uh, quite a few times
0: you, you know and speaking of Larry Parks who went to Arlington I, and I think he passed five or six years ago um, uh, he actually was just inducted in this last class at the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame if I'm not mistaken
1: well I, I'm glad to hear that because he is uh, uh, this deserved uh, his uh, his uh, efforts and if you look, look back at his history and uh, where he's uh, uh, been, his credentials as far as a player, uh, uh, Lawrence is uh, uh, certainly deserving and a very good person too. Um,
0: in, in high school, is this where you? I mean, you know, we, we all have these dreams and possibilities when we're in high school. Was high school when the light bulb went off the top of your head and you thought maybe you wanted to coach this game?
1: It was. Uh, I, I think from the very start, uh, uh, I had a uh, high school coach, um, uh, Harold Harden, uh, who uh, I started with as a freshman. And uh, he, he was a great, uh, as far as I'm concerned, was an outstanding coach uh, in teaching the fundamentals of the game. As uh, if I, if I look back, I can't, I can't recall any great. Offensive schemes or anything like that that we necessarily did, but it was a matter of uh, just teaching you the fundamentals. And that's when, for me, that's when I think I started the notion that uh, I guess I didn't want to be a coach uh, as a as a person, as a man. Harold Hardin was a, a good guy. Uh, I can I remember uh, other coaches that you would see, and uh, I just think in comparison with other people was just an outstanding coach, you know, a good person. Uh, then, when I got to be a senior, uh, they changed coaches, and uh, I had a, a different coach. And uh, but all along, all the time during these these four years in high school, uh, for me, uh, I, I think coaching was just what I wanted to do. I knew I was going to go to college when I got when I graduated from high school. and I, it was always something my parents uh, had said that they wanted me to to do and uh, so uh, I I knew as a teacher that I was going to have to teach something uh, so history was kind of uh, my favorite subject so I was going to teach history and uh, so that's uh, uh, as I went along uh, I I think coaching though was the one thing that uh, uh, was foremost in my mind Uh, the only other thing that even entered my mind was uh, possibly uh, being a veterinarian because I did like animals and we had a small farm so I was uh, around that but that's, that was certainly way in the back of my mind uh, coaching was number one
0: What were what were some of your college choices and were you good, in that, good enough at either cross country track or basketball to uh, uh, play in the, at the college level? Well um, <clears throat> yes I, I went to Florida Southern my first
1: year and i had a partial scholarship uh not enough that (laughs) was going to keep me in florida because uh, i uh, I just just couldn't afford to to stay there but i I played one year uh, of ball at uh, florida southern and um, then i transferred after my freshman year to ball state and of course in those days transferring you sat out a year and then uh in my case I went through the tryouts Uh, Jim Henga was the coach at Ball State at that time and uh, we had like 300 guys who went through this tryout process and this of course was going to be my junior year and uh, we came down to where there was uh, 13, 14 of us left and uh, that was including the guys coming back that were on scholarship so out of all that there was actually myself and Uh, I think I was the only one that didn't have a scholarship but we were down to that final 13 of us and I thought uh, well that that means maybe I'm going to make it well I didn't make it Um, and I, I have to say this and I think this is probably the most important thing there's milestones I think in your life that certain things happen to you and you have choices to make you have decisions to make And when I, he Tim asked me to come to his office and uh, let me know that I wasn't going to be kept, and um, the one thing he said to me, he says, I think you have a great understanding of the game, and you you understand, and and you know basketball, Uh, but he says everyone else that I am keeping is on scholarship. Uh, but he said I think it would be I think you would be a good coach and uh, I think I that really helped me and it helped me to make that decision too that I was going to do everything I could to be a good coach and uh, I was devastated I wasn't gonna play anymore because that was that's the end of my playing career as far as I could tell but I knew that I could put all my effort and everything into being a good so that was kind of a turning point. At least uh, that I became more um, committed, I guess, to being a good coach. Uh,
0: so you, you know, you're getting ready to graduate from Ball State. How how did you approach it? How did you go out and and start coaching? And and where did you start out at? Well, um, I had a uh, offer to
1: go to. Uh, uh, with a friend of mine who was uh, coaching in the northern part of Indiana and uh, uh, he was the head coach and I became his assistant and that was for one year uh, and, and that was good uh, just to get started. Uh, actually, I thought about just staying at, at Ball State working on my master's but I didn't. I, I took that job. Then the second year I I moved to back to uh, uh, actually lived at home with my parents for a year and I was at Arlington, again, that little school where we talked about Lawrence Parks was from. And uh, so I was system coach there for a year. And then, and I think this happens, uh, there's things that happen to people that are luck, maybe as much as anything. But I had a, had a good friend that, um, uh, that was a, an older person and he was a, a superintendent uh, of a school and he had a friend. And his friend was a superintendent of another school. <laughs> well, anyway, they were talking at a conference of some kind during the summer, and they the guy said, well, we got to get a coach. He said, i a got one of my schools in the, uh, is um, being a head coach. And so my friend told him, he said, well, my friend's name was Charlie Morris, by the way. And he, he told this friend of his, he said, well, uh, this young guy, he said, I think he'd be a good coach for you. So I took this job at Otterburn, which is up in that uh, Benton County area. And again, we still have little schools we're talking about at that time. The consolidations hadn't really taken place. And uh, this was probably the luckiest thing that could have ever happened to me. But because of my friend's uh, confidence in me and referring me to his friend and so forth, I got this job and it's uh, school at that time of about a hundred and I don't know 30 maybe in high school and um, so here I am and I, I take this job and honestly the players that on that team uh, if I could take that team and play today someplace I could uh, I won't say we win every game but uh, uh, <laughs> we it was a great group of guys one of the best players maybe the best player that I've ever coached was on that team, uh, Gary McGriff, who passed away here uh, two or three years ago. And uh, he was, uh, he ended up going, I ended up uh, recommending him to my coach back at Florida Southern. And he went to Florida Southern, played there for four years, and uh, became really, uh, you know, sell all kinds of records there. Uh, to tell you how good he was, Gary McGriff. Uh, in our senior in our um, his junior year at Auburn, we won the sectional we were 22 and two and again up in that area of uh, wilkett and so forth is where they were uh, playing the sectional at that time anyway in the three games in the sectional he scored 99 points wow. average 33 points in each of those games and his his that was a record at that time now, i don't know whether it, how long it's lasted or anything but that was a record in the state so that was the kind of player here that i inherited when i took that job and uh we we had a, a whole team of guys that were really good and uh so we had quite a season but you know i i think maybe i got spoiled here i had all these good players and uh, never, I don't know. That I've ever had a team as good uh, that had the components that we had at that time. So it was it was quite a start for me in my career, really.
0: And, and when you started there, was what, did you have other goals, <coughs> you know, basketball wise, in your mind? Uh, would Would you have liked to have stayed there longer? And 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 why did you move on to? I, I think your next stop was uh, Benton Central. Well. Um,
1: I'd I, I set a goal this, this will sound very egotistical and I don't want to come away that way but anyway I'd set a goal that I wanted to win a state tournament in Indiana uh, in my first 10-12 years of coaching and if if we look that is what happened to me now that's that's a lofty goal and that was something that I had to have a lot of luck I suppose but uh, as I always tell her, "When I'd rather be lucky than good." Anyway, <laughs> but I, I think that uh, that uh, as I look as I look back, uh, those two years at Otterburn were uh, it re- really was a great start for me. But I, I, being a student of the game, I think that's what I'm best at at re- you know describing myself. Uh, I was always committed. I went to clinics. I would go across the state lines. I would go spend overnight trips or what during the summer. But just like playing the game, uh, I would get excited. I would actually, my hands would sweat if I was going to go to a clinic and sit there and take notes and listen to a speaker, uh, Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown and I got to know each other in 1964, I think it was and uh we've been friends we don't see each other a lot anymore but uh, every year or two we <laughs> talk to each other maybe but and i think hubie brown is maybe the best clinician that i've ever ever heard uh those people that don't know hubie he, he's about 80 years old some 87 years old now and he's still in the nba as a, as a analyst and so forth he's coached at the pro level and at that time, uh, when we actually met, it was at Duke University. Uh, I'd gone there to run uh, to be a, a, a part of a camp, not runner, but I was part of the of the group that was there, the staff. And he was assistant coach at that time, and so we got to know each other really well. But those kind of people is how I where I learned from, uh, plus the coaches that I coached against, because I was one of those who would go to scout uh, my opponent if I uh, as an example I would go to um, Lafayette Jeff and we know who coaches were at Lafayette Jeff at that time back in the 60s Marion Crawley was an outstanding coach and uh, I can remember going to what because we played in their sectional one year Uh, there at Benton Central and uh, so forth anyway I I think I scouted his team that year nine times. And uh, we we played them pretty well. We were a couple points behind at halftime. And they ended up being this, I don't know, eight or ten points, something like that. But to me, I, I think that's how I learned, was going to that game, seeing them play, and uh, diagram this and that, and find out what they did, and do everything I could to be able to play them in such a, com- a competition that uh, uh, we could you know have a chance if I could just give my kids an edge by scouting another team that I thought I'd, I'd done my job so I think that made me a better coach too
0: how, how are your stops and and what kind of squads and and kind of what did you learn from your stops at uh, Benton central uh, North Dearborn and then of course uh, Batesville before going to New Albany Right. Well, uh, the, the the thing about Benton
1: Central was this: they, it, it was a temporary consolidation with Otterman and Montmorency, and they did not. Uh, they were in the process of, of building uh, the uh, Benton Central, the new uh, beautiful campus that they were going to have. So for two years, here they are building it. But we, and I say we, the, the temporary consolidation at Montmorency and and Otterman, we, we did all of our classes and, and everything was uh, games and everything were held at the uh, Montmorency uh, at their school. Uh, those two years was it was important transition for the whole county, but unfortunately, the two years that we were there. Uh, I, I, I just don't think that they've ever got the recognition as the first part of Benton Central but again it was a, to me it was just a, kind of a temporary thing and I was hoping that I might get the job at the new school uh, well I didn't uh, and I, I, I wasn't uh, I, I want to say this I was disappointed yes uh, but the, the process really was a seniority uh, I had not been in that two years prior at, at Uh So uh, Coach Smith from Fowler got the head job and deserved it. I'm not saying that he didn't. But anyway, that's what happened. And so then I, uh, again, uh, a friend of a friend told me about this job at, at uh, uh, North Deerburn, And uh, it just happens that they had some talent, too. So we ended up, I think we were 18-3 or something like that. It was a pretty good record. And uh, that was uh, a good stop for me. It was in a different part of the, of the state. Uh, but I've, I've been one of these, I'm always willing to move. And uh, I'm, I, I know there's a lot of coaches who will go into a school and they will make a home there from the standpoint of, you know, say, well, this is where I'm going to live forever and they'll get out of coaching, they'll teach or become the superintendent or whatever but that wasn't part of anything I wanted to do uh, I really was willing to move uh, if there was some talent, that was the reason I would probably make the move it never was because of money um, and I think that's that's. <laughs> I'm not sure that's smart but in my case, I remember taking a job, I'll talk about one of the other schools later but I moved and took a $13,000 pay cut to take a job elsewhere uh, because there was great talent there, and I thought it was just a great opportunity. Uh, but again, money didn't make any difference to me. It's well, I'm a poor guy today, I guess. But anyway, it's um, the 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 uh, North Dearborn job uh, was uh, was an interesting place. Uh, I enjoyed it. But, again, I also saw a program just a few miles from there at Batesville that had really good players, young players, and uh, they had a reputation for always having uh, good teams. So uh, I had the opportunity to interview for that job and and got the job. And uh, so I was there, uh, again, for the the next two years. And uh, I, I think that of all the places I've been, that was that's one of my favorite places uh great community um i think that uh the the school system there was excellent when i when i was there uh, dick lemon was the co uh, the, excuse me the uh, principal uh it was a, a a good um school uh very good community and, uh, we had a, we had a great, uh, first year was very good, but, uh, I think we lost three or four games that year, but the, the next year, uh, second year, we were 24 and two. Uh, the only game we lost during the regular season was a six overtime game to Connersville. Oh, wow. Uh, six overtimes is, is a, <laughs> I don't know if it's a record or not, but at that time there wasn't very many other, you know, teams that ever played that many in an overtime and the interesting thing about that uh, we were not really deep uh, I didn't play a lot of players uh, we had uh, in that particular game I had one guy that came off the bench uh, it was about 6-4 I think he came off the bench and played for I think 3 minutes and that was the only substitute that we used the entire game all these guys played the entire uh, 6 overtimes and they were ready they were ready for the game to end but uh, we redeemed ourselves because we beat Connorsville then in the regional uh, later on then in the state tournament and uh, we ended up in the uh, final 16 Uh, we lost to Newcastle with Kent Benson uh, and Kent uh, got to know Kent pretty well later on uh, uh, because he was on my all-star team but uh Anyway, the the games that we uh, only games we lost that year was to Newcastle in the semi-state and to uh, Congressville and during the season. You, so you know that stop. Well, I'll go ahead, but the, that stop was uh, was a great place. I, I really uh, uh, I look back at. Uh, I, I think now, and I may be may be wrong. I know that since then they've had a team that won. About the same number of games that we did, but they lost one more or didn't win. I, I'm not sure how it was, but uh, the record that we had there—the 24 and two—is uh, is one of the top seasons they've ever had.
0: You know, while at Batesville, and before we go into uh, how you got to New Albany, um, how important or what was your mindset? Uh, were these clinics? and i mean you even started you were kind of an, an innovator yourself by starting basketball camps right uh yes uh, you
1: know if, if we look back at the rules that we had in indiana it was um uh, other i go to other states and talk to other coaches and they say you're kidding me you can't you guys can't uh, have your team go to a camp uh, together I Says no that's that's against the rules and uh, you know, they of course they've changed now, but uh, in those days, uh, you you were really restricted. During the summer, you couldn't uh, you couldn't get one of your guys and go to the gym with him. You couldn't get him on the outdoor courts. You couldn't go over and have uh, any kind of tournaments or anything. Now, what I did, I started in with the younger guys, with elementary kids. I always I wouldn't take a job, uh, I'm very I was very adamant about this. I wouldn't take a job if they wouldn't let me control the program all the way down to the elementary. And I, I wanted them to give me a coach down there. If I took a job, I wanted to teach the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. And I have a, I have a, a criticism. I really am serious about this. This is one of the problems we have today The schools, in many cases, decide they didn't want to put any money. They didn't want to put $300 salary into a coach for a guy to coach a third and fourth grade or fifth and sixth grade. They cut out those programs. Too many schools in Indiana did. So what happened? Well, along comes the AAU programs and all of these where there is not a qualified coach. Now, I know, yes, there are some coaches are good. there are some guys who are excellent coaches, but they have coaching background. You know, once this school gave up, gave up those coaching positions, and wouldn't fund that anymore, those kids had no place to go. So what happened then was the AAU took over, and became, uh, in some cases, became a meat market out there where there was guys simply getting off the couch at home say, oh, I know all about basketball I'll go over here and I'll, I'll get a team together so I try, start putting these little all star groups together around the state and in some cases there was good people as I say there was some good people but there was a lot of them who weren't and it became a problem we look at what's happened with uh, Patino and, and these programs out there uh, there's too many of these guys in the background that don't deserve to be a coach, and they have ruined some kids. Uh, and I think that's that's really hurt. But again, it goes back to those those school programs who gave up that education of basketball and other sports too uh, down in the elementary. So that's that's my <laughs> my criticism of our educational system at least.
0: And through through your whole career, were you yeah? And did you did you hold camps and clinics, and and do you still feel they're just as important today?
1: I do. Um, I again locally, I would uh, you know have our camps for the young kids and so forth. Uh, I I was hired in more than one case uh, when I was in Florida, for instance, uh, and I can't remember the name of the company now, but uh, they wanted to, to conduct camps. Uh, throughout the United States and uh, so I was hired I think for three different summers that uh, I started out the summer uh, every, every week I think I won't say every week there was about 8 or 10 weeks during the summer that I was not at home and uh, literally I was out in a, on an airplane to go to places like uh, uh, in Texas I was uh, around Dallas or I can't remember the name of the of the college yet but, but we had 250 kids in this camp then I went to Thousand Oaks uh, California and ran a camp there uh, I think we had 40 or 50 kids there it wasn't, wasn't that big a camp but all these places I was going was uh, you know I was being paid to do this of course but I was the manager the director of the camp but I was staff we put together and then we would conduct a four-day camp during the week then I would put the equipment back in the bags and get on a flight and fly to the next town. I I did that sort of thing for a while, and, but I was, uh, I guess, in a way that yes, I was really connected with uh, these doing some of these innovative things and and teaching the game uh, to kids. Um, that was uh, that was a big part of uh, of what I was all about in the off season, especially
0: how does where where does new albany come in and how does how does that open up and how does that get started well i had i had no uh no connection uh, at least
1: i didn't think i had a connection with uh, anything going on in the southern part of the state like that uh, didn't know the job was even open at new albany but uh anyway uh it, it was open and um, I was all having the season we had at Batesville. I was really looking forward to the next next season coming along because I had had two starters back that were excellent players, and uh, so one of the things I've always been real big at—I I, got to mention this here—but it was part of this. I, I've always been, uh, and kids who played for me knew this: if they if they wanted to go to college, I was going to help them whether it was, you know, really with athletic scholarship may, may not have been, but they knew that if they also worked hard and deserved it, I was going to do everything I could do, whether it was write a letter, telephone call, or I'd get them in my car and we would drive to a campus here or there. But I was always pushing and always trying to help them uh, to make the to make the move to a, to a college. So in doing all of this, it's like this, this year at Batesville we had three or four guys that were you know really college prospects so I had uh, gone uh, down to uh, uh, a couple campuses and so forth uh, with kids and uh, at that particular time I, I, again I had a friend who called me and says hey there's a job open that you need to apply for it's at New Albany I said well I we have a pretty good group coming back I don't know whether I want to move right now he said well uh, this is this is the big time. is the way he described it, <laughs> it was. Is it uh, well, we had uh, what we have 1,500 students, 1,800 something like that in high school at the top three grades, uh, It was the oldest school in the state of Indiana, and they had uh, they had a good reputation. They'd always been very good in the, in the state tournament. So anyway, he said now he says the principal there was a friend of his, and here we go with that friendship thing again. <laughs> so I said, well. I said uh, his name was Whitey and I said I'll, I'll call him and uh, so I did and I went down and had uh, had the interview and uh, he uh, I, I had left if I recall I would left the interview and I'm on my way home a couple hour drive and I get a call and he says uh, oh, we would like to uh, offer you the uh, contract for this job but will you take it and so I said yes and um didn't really give it much more thought uh, didn't know what kind of talent they had at all uh, until I started checking and I, I might say this at, at, at this point too um, I was always trying to find out what kind of talent they had and when I would move into a community uh, that was one of the first thing I spent time with during that summer is really investigating you know not just not just watching them play on film or whatever from the year before but going into homes and into the uh, parts of a community where maybe uh, coaches hadn't been before and I found in New Albany that was the very thing that really helped me there there was uh, in the African American uh, community part of of the town uh, I was told well, you know we've never had a coach come down here before and I don't want to make a big thing of it but uh there was some uh, there was some truth to that there had not been enough uh attention given if i could say that to the african-american players and um, so i got uh, to going down in that area that wasn't community, part of the community and uh watching kids play and uh they they Knew who I was, or found out who I was, and I think that helped me a lot. Uh, but also helped me with the parents and uh, uh, you know the rest of the community. So we uh, we had some great young players coming on, not just returning guys, uh, because there was a player or two that was was coming back, but the guys were coming back or new new players coming in that were freshmen and sophomore. Uh, that's where the talent really was. And uh, so by the second year, uh, here we were, you know, we had uh, kind of established ourselves and uh, um, the, the first year we were just barely 500, and the second year, well, you know, uh,
0: that's, that's when we
1: won, so that was a great year.
0: So, so when you do get to New Albany, uh, and and in all of your coaching stops, um, how did you handle, you know, for example, the barbershop scene in Hoosiers, you know, where everybody wants to know how you're going to coach, uh, and and how did you take input, and how did you kind of, how did you, how did you try to make everybody happy at all your coaching stops?
1: Well, that's a very good question. And there's only one way to answer that, and that's just to be blunt and candid about it. I never cared, and and I told people this, I didn't really care uh, about the community from the standpoint of this. I'm going to do what I want to do the way I want to do it, and I don't really care (laughs) what you think, because uh, guess what? I've I've moved a lot, and I'll move again, (laughs) And it's also a reason why I never accepted more than one year on a contract. I would always tell them, I only want one year. Don't offer me more, just give me one year. Because if I don't like it, I'm moving. And if you don't like me, you're gonna want me to move anyway. So that's the way I took it even with superintendents uh, and so forth. Now, I've had superintendent sons who tried out and got cut. I've had principals' sons who didn't make the team? So I never have, I never have kissed up to anybody, and, and that's you know that's probably why I'm not liked by a lot of people, I guess. But that's the way I am about it. I only cared, uh, truthfully, I only really cared about those guys that were my boys. You're on my team. You're one of mine, and I'm going to do everything I can. To help you. It's like going to college. That's why there's been over 120 kids that I have helped to, to get into college with a scholarship or with, you know, serious kind of help. And I, I used to keep records uh, the exact numbers. I was like, I lost track. Uh, I'm getting too old to remember some of those details anyway. <laughs> but that's always been important to me, Billy, that, that those guys are who I care about. Now, I've said that, and yet at the same time, I want to say this, I go to homes, and I spend time with, with parents uh, with my uh, the, the, who, whose boys were playing for me, and they knew, I let them know, but they knew that I cared about their son, and that I was going to treat him, you know, in that, uh, maybe sometimes a little tough love, but I was going to treat him uh, like my own. So uh, that's the way I was about that. But as far as the, you know, trying to, um, in any way, uh, kiss up to those guys at the barbershop, I care less <laughs> about those guys. And uh, they, and again, I think that was, that was important too, because you don't win in that situation, because you may, you may, you may. It, there may be one group that really likes you because you play up to them, but what about all those other groups out there? You got you can't you can't you really cannot satisfy everybody. And I think that it, the philosophy for me was uh, I'm not going to satisfy a lot of people. I'm going to do only one thing. We're going to win ball games. Now, if you like that, then you'll like me. If you don't care about that, then you don't care about what I what I think is important anyway. So that was kind of my attitude, and um, that's uh, that's kind of the way I try to handle that.
0: So, Coach, you're getting ready to go into about your 10th year, and you, at the beginning of the state championship year, did you have any idea that you guys would win the state championship? Did you think you guys had a good shot, and will you talk about that year? Well, I'd be glad to talk about it, but I had no idea we were going <laughs> to win it that year. Uh,
1: <clears throat> this this again is something that uh, uh, part of my coaching philosophy was this. Uh, <clears throat> when I first started out back at at Otterburn, twenty two and two. Oh boy! Right. You know, I think we were like eighty uh, second year, uh, third year. So we were up there around eighty two percent wins. Now that's pretty good, and I I knew this that you know what, and I think a lot of coaches can do this schedule yourself a winner you make out the schedule go over here and schedule this weak team over here play three or four like that and or you're going to win, you know, 20 games well, I decided after getting this initial start that yeah, that's one way you could do it but I really wanted the team that, that and build a team and a program that could, could win the big one could get to the state final four and that sort of thing now, if you're going to do that, you're not going to get that good, I don't think, by scheduling a lot of cupcakes. So I decided early on that the way to really build a team and a good program was to play the best. Now, if you're the weakest team in the state of Indiana, it's going to be hard for you to go out and and do that. Uh, <laughs> you, not everybody wants to play you. But when you're one of the bigger schools, New Albany, When you're in that category, uh, at that time anyway, you could play, you could schedule anybody you wanted to, and I decided I was going to schedule the toughest teams I could. And that's why if you check the record, now the old basketball index, I don't know whether it's still in existence or not, but it used to be a great pamphlet, a booklet that came out every year, all the records were in there, all the schedules of teams around the state, I think it was it was the bible for me that I looked at every year and I wanted to be number 1 here number 1 and anyway we were listed as the number 1 as far as toughest schedule in the state we were listed number 1 that year and that was important to me we scheduled teams we were playing up in Gary we were playing here we were from New Albany on the Ohio River and we were playing clear up in Gary we were over in uh, part of our conference actually at that time was over in Evansville and up in Terre Haute, we were all over that area and then we played in Indianapolis School Indianapolis Tech uh, Southport uh, I'm trying to remember uh, um, I should remember I played down a uh, really great player played at, uh, he was on my All-Star team too, I should remember his name in 73, anyway uh, we we played all over the state. Now in, in these days they don't let you do that. You got to remember this this era at that time. Billy was this was before girls were allowed to play. They were playing GAA, but they were not. They did not have a you know a uh, schedule, and they didn't play the big teams in the ter- state tournament. They weren't they weren't yet in that that era yet. So basketball basketball was king. Uh, there wasn't any question about that, and uh, it, it, I think because of because of all this, though that particular thing about scheduling was really really important, and uh, that helped us to as much as anything to win the state tournament.
0: You know, it's it's funny that you 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 say that because I I, I haven't thought about this until you were just uh, uh, talking about it and you know uh, Coach Smith at Broderpool uh, did the same thing you know we uh, we went to uh, Richmond we went to uh, uh, we played up in Gary Roosevelt we we went down to Vincennes Lincoln I mean that's uh yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, pu- I'm putting it all together now and that that that's that's what made made you I guess you're saying tournament ready
1: yes yes. Yeah, when we when we would travel like this and stay overnight, we you know here we were down in the Ohio River, we'd have to stay overnight, and so these were this was a a great experience for kids. It wasn't anything new for them when we got into the state tournament. Then to be on the road and to go into these kind of uh, venues to play, uh, this was not not something that was new for uh, for our kids, and uh, the competition level. Uh, they were always looking, to see, well, who are we playing? You know, who who's their good player, and so forth, like that.
0: So I, this was this was something that uh, uh, took you a different to a different level, I think. And and were your steps to to Bloomington and to the Final Four? Uh, how were those during your state championship year? Well, we th-
1: this was uh,
0: again unusual. I don't know why. I find myself uh,
1: throughout my career finding different things that were a little bit different than normal for instance at, during this time you, there were some rules being changed at the college level in regard to uh, playing um, letting high school tournaments play at your place and so forth uh, so we were uh, our sectional was being played at Jeffersonville and then we would go to Seymour for the regional and then it was going to be, normally it was in Indianapolis, uh, and some of the rules were being changed, and we weren't allowed to play at Butler like they used to play. And that was a, that was a change, because for me, that's the, that, that's the greatest facility in the state of Indiana, Butler, when they used to play the state tournament there, and all the regionals, and all the other levels, and so forth. But at that time, there was a change and so we were sent to Indiana University, to Bloomington. Uh, I, can't, I can't get all the changes here put together for you because I, I don't remember exactly. But anyway, here we are. The state tournament is going to be there at Bloomington campus. So that was unusual. Uh, but again, again because of all of the scheduling we had done, uh, it didn't affect the kids so much. But to me, it was an unusual place to go to play. Uh,
0: I've lost my point where I was. <laughs> but your steps, your set, your steps going to the final four. I mean, how, uh, how, uh, oh. the, the stops that. I mean, uh, was there at any point on your way to the final four and winning the state championship that you know <laughs> were your games all pretty tight, or uh, was it a, was it, a, it was an easy stroll to the final four in Bloomington? Well, it, it was
1: not easy. Uh, it was not an easy stroll. It was one that uh, uh, in, in our sectional, Jeffersonville was was the nemesis for New Albany year after year, and vice versa. Uh, if we look back at that in that era, the, the Jeffersonville, for instance, uh, that particular sectional uh, produced uh, there were two or three schools from there that were in the final. For, uh, for a period of six, seven years uh, they, they, they filled the place but Jeffersonville was excellent they had great players, good coaches and uh, that particular year uh, I I just felt if we could just beat Jeffersonville I, I was going to be not satisfied but I certainly was going to be very, very happy well we did we, we beat them and it was uh, uh, not easy but uh, I think it was an eight or ten point game which might have been a little bit of a surprise that it wasn't closer than that. But anyway, uh, uh, George Marshall was uh, the coach at that time, and uh, I I always respected him a lot. I thought he did a great job there. But then from there, we went up to uh, the the regional then at Seymour and uh, got through there. uh, And actually, Seymour, if I recall, I think they had beaten us uh, during the season, right toward the end of the season, They had beaten us, and um, they had, uh, I think that was the last game we lost of that season, if I recall. I think that's correct. But anyway, uh, they had a, Barney Scott, uh, again, is another man that I really respected a lot uh, in those days and done a great job there. But anyway, uh, from there, uh, then we're going to the semi-state. And uh, for us, the semi-state, now we're back, semi state uh, went back to um uh uh ter- not terror but to um down on the river. <laughs> I'm I'm out of Indiana too long, I, th- I guess. It, uh, Evansville? Did you go down to Evansville for the semi state? Evansville Evans Evansville at uh the what's it called? Robert's uh, Robert their, Stadium. The college there yes, Robert, Robert right, Robert. And we're there and we're we're gonna be playing against um um Jasper I think I got this right now. Jasper had uh, we had beaten them during the season but we are playing them and uh, there's a it's down to the final 5 or 6 seconds we're leading by one and we won by one but there's a shot that they threw up from half court that bounced off the rim I mean it was it was that kind of a close game and uh, so from from there, then we're going to the Final Four uh, in um, at Bloomington, and um, the, the I think the games there were uh, barn burner type. Uh, I, I'm trying, to, and I'm going to have to really think back for who all was there. But South Ben Adams, of course, was the one that we beat in the final game. Uh, I don't think they were really expected. To be in the finals, uh, we weren't expected to be in the finals because the two games in the after or the game in the afternoon or in the morning was. you Help me here a minute, now I got to think who the other two teams were. But um, <laughs> they, 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 both, they, they both were uh, two of the better teams in the in the whole state that year. Uh, uh, Anderson, Anderson, yeah, Anderson was one of them. Yeah, yeah. Anderson really was the team I I thought was going to win the whole thing if, if you'd ask my honest appraisal of this, and uh, they they really uh, uh, they they had quite a game with uh, um, South Bend Adams, and uh, their game if I if I remember right, I don't know to it went overtime, but it, it really was a barn burner again. But all three of the games that day were you know were like that they were. Nothing was easy for anybody
0: now now how did you how did you prepare your team uh for the final four and at that point once you got to the final four did you feel like with uh, uh proper preparedness that you guys did you think that you think that it was a possibility or you felt like you were going to win the state championship
1: well uh, to me the whole thing has always been preparing and if if you just if you don't prepare, I don't think you deserve to win. I don't think you can win. and uh, It really, you uh, have to be awfully lucky if you win. So preparing is, is really important uh, mentally as well as the, uh, just the other uh, scheme of things. Uh, I think that we were, I felt that we were prepared in regard to uh, knowing our opponent, uh, knowing what they did as much as anything. Uh, I got filmed from other, other coaches uh, I'm sure they got film on us, but, uh, and again, I think that's the thing about Indiana basketball, high school basketball. And, uh, most of the really good programs, uh, at least in those days were, uh, were very professional uh, about all the, everything they did when it came to preparing. way. Well, it wasn't leaving anything to chance. Um, I felt that we, I felt that we could compete with anybody from the standpoint of the talent that we had, um, the the players that uh, that I had I, I I didn't think they had to take a backseat to anybody um the one player on South end Adams uh, team was uh, Jimmy Webb uh who was a question he, he was on the all-star team also that year but he uh, he was a great player uh, we in preparing I had I've always believed in multiple defenses uh, like to play everyone man to man, but that's not necessarily a smart thing to do against certain teams. So we had a variety of uh, of uh, defenses that we might be utilizing. Any game we would be in, maybe as many as three different defenses. Uh, so that was something I we we worked hard at was multiple defenses. And it, it in that particular game uh, at halftime, I don't I think if I remember right, I think Webb had like. 20 21 points or something at halftime. And he was he was the only one that I you know that I really felt was killing us, really hurting us bad. So we went to a one 131 and, and did a lot of trapping with uh, uh, with that particular defense, and I think that helped us as much as anything. He still ended up. I think Jim ended up with 32, 33, 34 points, but it it, it also he he was one of those kind of players who would try to do maybe more than he should. And we were able to uh, get the ball out of his hands with some of the traps that went on. And uh, so I I think it helped us a lot in changing defenses. Um, But I I think that, uh, uh, again, our players uh, believed in themselves uh, and they were, they were confident what they could do. And it's, uh, they might even, and more than once they would say, "Hey, coach, why don't we use our two-two-one press? Or well, let's let's change. Let's do something different for a while." And uh, so that was uh, that, that, that's something I think was important for our program. So uh,
0: the, the buzzer goes off. You are you have taken a team to the final four you have won a state championship in the state of indiana which is which is the ultimate goal do you do you remember your kind of initial reaction or uh you know you your did you take it in did you breathe it in with the the crowd and and you know the final score up on the scoreboard and and what were your memories of and and how did you feel after winning that well you know again i
1: uh, a young guy, and maybe maybe in older days, I would have been a little bit different, although in my career here I was thirty two years old and winning that championship, and I end up a few years ago at at the age of fifty nine and we're in a championship game again so and I'm not sure that the feeling was much different uh, as far as my age was concerned, but i I think that. You have a, a kind of um, a relief, in a way, that the things that you've done and what you have taught kids, and all of that is paid off. That uh, you have, you're getting your due because you did work hard at at your at your profession. And the other thing is that you you see these guys in front of you now, and uh, you, you really have a feeling of. Um, it's pride, as much as anything, I guess, uh, that your boys, your guys, have uh, accomplished something, that you've worked hard with them uh, to, to achieve this. And I, think I, I equate this exactly with the, the warriors in your army, that they have gone through this training for months, and then they're thrown into the battlefield in the foxhole, and they will they will give up their life for the guy that's next to them in the foxhole because they train together, they work together, and all of that is, it, it's like it's a family. and It's almost, it, you are brothers. And that's what you build uh, if you're truly a professional coach. I think that's what you'd have to build uh, is that kind of an attitude. And, and then when that game was over that particular night, Uh, I I think that I had a great sense of pride that what we had done that we did deserve it Uh, we joked and so forth rather be lucky than good but uh, uh, we deserved it because we did outplay the other team Uh, I'm not saying there's anything magical about the coaching or anything like that not at all it's just that we worked maybe a little harder than the opponent did that was always one of my rules that uh, you, we will outwork the other team. Now we didn't always get that done, but we did at that time. We did do that.
0: Um, coach, take us through a little bit too. So you have won a state championship, which not very many people do. It's the pinnacle of Indiana high school basketball. Were you kind of in a, a, a whirlwind a little bit uh, uh, after winning the state championship? Did did I mean did did time go by fast? What what uh, what do you remember? Uh, you know, post that, and you know, going into your next year there. Uh, yeah, you're right. It
1: it is kind of a whirlwind. There's a lot of things happening. You're invited to go to speak here, to speak there, and your schedule sometimes really gets confused. Uh, I know one time I really was embarrassed because my whole team and I were supposed to be someplace, and we weren't. And I I always forgot, never forgiven myself for letting that happen, but that there's things that happen to you. You need a, someone to do all your scheduling for you or something. But anyway, there, it's a, there's a lot going on. And I still don't, didn't want to lose sight of the players I had that had graduated and they were looking to get into schools and so forth. And, because we got to remember how recruiting was in those days versus today. You know, in those days, they, the college coaches came to the high school and they saw you play during the season, so you're you're trying to maintain contact with for your kids of where they want to go and with those particular coaches. So a lot of this at that time was directed towards helping these guys get to college. So that took up a lot of time, but um, it, the, in getting ready for this this next year, there was a couple things that that happened that kind of. I don't want to say interfered, but it it was unexpected. Uh, in my in my view, one of the out, most outstanding sports writers we've ever had in Indiana was Bob Williams, who wrote for the Indianapolis Star for many many years, and uh, was just a great and a good person. I really really liked him. Well, he and the director Don Bates of the Indiana All Star. Uh, team came to me and this was uh, I can't tell you exactly when but it was days uh, after the tournament was over with and they said well Kirby we've got uh, to talk to you. There has been changes and so forth and how we uh, uh, get a coach for the all-star uh, game uh, we used to have and of course you remember Cleon Reynolds and all those other guys we've had from Indiana Central and Marion, all those guys at that level, uh, Angus Nicholson and so forth, were always the coaches of the Indiana All-Star game. right? And they had always done a great job, but the rules were changed now at the college level, and they weren't going to be allowed to do that anymore. So what is happening is this we are going to select from our own high school coaches uh, each year a coach to coach the team now and they were adamant about this it doesn't necessarily have to be the guy that wins the state tournament I'm, i'm not going to tell you exactly why but they told me their feelings anyway they weren't going to ever say and and tie themselves to that coach but it would probably be someone that might be in the final four. And this year we're selecting you to be the coach. Now, uh Jerry um senior moment here, um, was had been the coach, assistant coach at IU and he had already been given the job that year as the head coach. And so Jerry Oliver, Right. and so you're going to be his assistant this year. You will be the head coach next year. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I, all this was great for me. I, I, I loved it. And they said, also, also, next year, you will take your team, the All-Star team, will go to Russia and play a series of games in Russia. Oh, that's great. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> It didn't happen, but <laughs> this is what I was told. So, and anyway, by the way, as I said, uh, Bob was and Don Bates, too. Uh, I really liked those guys. They were good people, and, uh, and they did everything and really helped me going through all this. So, but anyway, so here I am now. I'm the assistant, so that means that there's going to be times that I would normally be running my camp or I'd be, you know, working with kids. That now I've got to spend this time with the All Stars, which was was great, but it changed my schedule for the summer. So anyway, uh, that was a, a great experience that particular year uh, with with uh, with those those guys. We had Kent Benson on the All Star team, uh, my own player Julius Norman, who by the way has been in our new Albany program has been a, a great player there, probably one of the. Uh, one of the top two players for me that I've ever coached. Uh, it's a great talent, and uh, anyway, uh, he uh, is on the team and and did quite well. But we, one thing happened that year that I need to mention here, and this is really important. Uh, we split that year with the uh, with Kentucky, and I learned something jerry wasn't really excited about a couple of players that we had he didn't play them very much matter of fact in the second game which we won at butler uh, we we had fans that came down as we're leaving the floor and uh, this this became a problem they were upset because their player from their community on the all-star team didn't play and I said to myself, when we got off the floor, <laughs> had to have some escort actually. But when we got off the floor and got down in the dressing room, I said, I'm going to be sure next year that all the guys are going to play. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to win, <laughs> but we're going to be sure that no kid is left out. And that's a promise I made to myself. So anyway, the, uh, that's how we ended the season there. And, um, uh, it, but that experience for me, and it, it adds to another story that I have about the All Star team the next year.
0: And, and 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 while we're on that subject, because I've read a lot about that, um, uh, you, you could actually be known as the guy that made Larry Bird the player that he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, only, yeah, I'm the only guy that ever put him on the bench,
1: and that's not that's not true. That's not that. I hate it when people say that because Larry put himself on the bench, <laughs> and, and that's the truth. That's the, that's right. the fact. But but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, and I don't know if you want me to go ahead with uh, continue with that oh, part sure. of it. But, oh sure. Oh uh, sure. The, okay. The, the next year with the All Star team, the next year, uh, I one of my own players, uh, Charlie Mitchell was on the team and uh, Charlie had been a big part of the program and so forth and uh, we have an injury or two that uh, uh, I uh, had the chance maybe to bring one of my own players in to practice and uh, but anyway uh, uh, Bob Dilly had won that year from uh, Fort Wayne uh, North, North, North Northrop Northrop, right, Northrop and he had some players that were on the All-Star team and uh, quite good by the way and and we Bob and I became pretty good friends but anyway we're uh, I was told that year Bob Williams and, and Don Bates came to me and said okay we've got all the guys name and, and that at that time and I guess it's still the same you know the coach had no I had no voice whatsoever in who was going to be on the team uh my own player wasn't because I wanted him I mean I wanted him yes but I wasn't the one that put him on the team that was done by Don Bates Bob Williams now maybe maybe they had somebody with the Indianapolis Star uh, on a committee I, I don't know but my understanding was they were the ones who selected so anyway there was this big thing about we and this was what I was told we need to be sure that we have uh, an African American and we need to have a white player. And this was part of it. And I despise that sort of thing, but this was, this was part of the story. And we need to be sure we've got someone from a small school as well as the large schools. So here we are and uh, they're giving me the roster we come in with the uh, player from Anderson Roy Taylor and actually they had two players on the team yes and, and Taylor was a good player very good and we need to have yeah, that's a large school uh, African American now we need to have a person from a small school and he'll be white okay uh, we have Steve Collier excellent player good player uh, knew his dad well uh, coach at Hanover so here here we have this team being put together and they're showing me who it is my whole thought had always been number one player they had 1 and 1A one that year they need to play they need to play, both of them equal amount of time as much as possible so okay I have the meeting with, oh, by the way, they said, uh, we have another player by the name of Larry Bird. Now, I have heard of Larry. That was a good scorer, good player from a small school. Well, they said, now, he's a little upset that he's not the number one player. Um, But they said, uh, we've already made that decision and then uh, I think it was Don spoke up and said ah, he, he'll be okay he says he'll be alright he said I think he's over, got over being mad about it well he, he wasn't over it either so here they come to camp for playing the Russian team because it's now been told to us that um, we're not going to go to Russia that Bob Billy's team will go to Russia the next year and I think it was the next year. Anyway, they're the ones that went, not 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 this team. So anyway, we we meet and have a couple practices to play the Russians. And I was given, um, uh, by the way, the only thing you got in those days was uh, a watch that says Coach of Indiana All Stars. I don't know what they do now, but that's what you got. But they asked me if I wanted to go scout a Russian team that was playing on Long Island. And uh, so I, I did, and I went, flew out there and saw them play. And uh, they, they were pretty good sized players and not bad. And, uh, but I think they got beat that night by the Long, Long Island team. Anyway, we, we went back and we were preparing for them. We had a couple of practices. And I told the guys, this is our first meeting. I said, guys, let me tell you, certain things and some of the things that we're going to be doing and one of the things I said was everyone is going to play now some of you will play more than others but it's always been part of the history and so forth of this that the number one player now I said we have two of you but they will play equal amount of time as much as I can as much as possible keeping track of the time that you're in the game I, I'm promising everyone is going to play so I made that very clear to everybody and because uh, that leads us to the, the games we are, we're playing uh, some, some of these other exhibition games and so forth and, and uh, we're traveling around a lot and uh, uh, I tried to and Larry always says that I didn't do this but I, I, I did And I I always tried to play uh, as much as possible, as as I said, everybody. And I always tried to play uh, mix. In other words, I would be playing uh, my own player, Charlie Mitchell. Some people said I didn't play him as much as I should have. But I always tried to play the guy that might have been number 9 or number 10 or 11 or whatever it was. I always tried to be sure that they were playing up with 1s and and, 2s. I mixed them up as best I could. And, but the problem became this that if Larry couldn't be on the floor all the time, he was upset. He, he, he had to be on the floor all the time. It, this was his thing. We went to play an exhibition game at uh, his little town down there, and they had a parade for him. So his, his community has had. Is I don't want to say he's spoiled, but he is so uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is number one in everything. So anyway, we're we're going along, and and everyone we we play the first game in in Louisville at the uh, uh, Freedom Hall, and uh, we we played well and we, we beat them, and everything's fine, I think. But then we go to <laughs> Butler Fieldhouse, and here we are. We're going to play. Uh, at our place now so they're coming in and we're doing great game's going along great Uh, we're we're winning by double figures for the most part and I'm playing everybody I'm moving guys in and out and so forth we start the second half and I think uh, Larry Larry scored six points uh, in the first half and evidently he didn't think he got enough playing time but anyway (laughs) so I, I started him I started him the second half and we're going along here and we're up by 12, 13, uh, maybe 14. I'm not sure, but we're, we're winning pretty easily, I think. And I decided, well, I need to play some more guys. And I got, you know, again, I got guys that haven't been in on the floors much. So I take three guys. I bring three guys in. I take three guys out. Well, one of the three guys I took out is Larry. And my my thought process is we're going to rotate guys in and out, remember. So uh, I'm going to say three minutes, four minutes at the most later, I said, hey, uh, I call in for two guys, and Larry's one of them. You go in for so-and-so, and you go in for so-and-so. And uh, I he said something, but he didn't get up. And I, the guy, one of the players was next to me, and Coach Billy's on the other side of me. I said, what did he say? I thought he said he didn't want to play. This kid sitting next to me. He says, Coach, he says he does he said he didn't want to play. He says, I'm ready though, I'll play. <laughs> so I said, What? So Dilly goes down, I'm getting another guy to go in the game, and Bob goes down and talks to him. and says, You know what's the matter? He was just mad. I mean, he was livid. And he says, I'm not gonna play. Bob goes back and says, Ribby, he says, He just he not want to play. I said, well, we got a lot of other guys who want to play. If he doesn't want to, I guess, we can't make him. So we went along, and, you know, I, I asked him again. I don't know. We were down to three, four minutes to go in the game. If he wanted to go in, he said, no, nope, go not play. So he took himself out. I didn't tell him that he couldn't win. I wanted him to go in the game, but he refused to go in. And he has never, you know, I, I think um, – I've never known and I wish I wish right now that I knew why he came to camp I guess it was because he wasn't chosen as Mr. Basketball but I don't know and I'm basing that on what Bates had said but I really would like to know why he took it out on me why was he so mad at me uh, he probably didn't think I should be the coach I guess but uh, that that's always bothered me you know because Larry's not a bad person; it's just that he 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 had become so uh, thinking that it had to be his way, or he didn't want to be even want to be part
0: of it. So he, he, you know, it, it's it's interesting because it with, uh, the Indiana All Star process was kind of totally against what you know you went into schools to do. You know, you it looks like you didn't have a you didn't have a, a say, or uh, you know, it was a very politically driven process. Yes, yes, that's right, that's right, and that's what I found out
1: at when I, you know, when I was told, well, this is this is who you're going to get, and um, I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all.